This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Welcome, everybody, and hello. My name is Dr. Nicola Cece, and I am here with my colleague, Shelly Kurth, for our next episode of How to Stay Sane in These Times of Unprecedented Parenting. Nicole and I are working moms with over 30 years of experience in education. We've been teachers, we've been leaders, we've been coaches, um, and now we are, like many of you, homeschooling um, our own kids. So our goals for these weekly sessions are to provide you with tools and resources to keep your kiddo thriving and to keep you sane. Um, this coronavirus quarantine has caused a lot of crazy feelings inside. There's uncertainty, there's anxiety, there's anger, there's sadness. And I'll tell you, it's hit teens and tweens particularly hard. Um, and I'm living this because I have a, a teenager myself. She's a senior in high school. And a few weeks ago, we were talking about college admission and prom and graduation. And it just all ended suddenly. Um, she can't see her friends. And these are, these are real things. That social interaction is so important to our teens. So, I, you know, I see the sadness in our teens so much. Um, and hopefully we'll touch on this in some ways to help guide you through some of that anxiety and loss. And that is exactly why in today's session we're focusing on teens and tweens. And as a high school teacher and longtime high school principal, I can tell you with certainty that teenagers are, let's say, unique. <laughs> and I don't just mean that tongue in cheek because it is really a unique time for the brain. Um, because what happens during the teenage years is that the brain actually goes through a process called pruning or myelinization. And so during this time, there's really this remodeling of the brain that we need to be mindful of. And so in today's session, we've got some tips and tools to help you specifically support your teen and tween. And here to kick us off is Shelly. Uh, it's gonna sound cliche, um, but I think it all starts with communication. We've talked about it before, um, but I feel like we need to talk about it again, especially because a lot of the communication with our teen and tween happens to sound like yawns or grunts. Um, they're not always communicating. Hopefully they are sometimes, but they're not always in the mood to communicate. And, um, you know, I've had to hold in my heart and, and I'm asking, you know, parents everywhere have to hold in their heart that they're going through something and they're not always going to talk, but that doesn't mean that we shut down. We assume that they need to hear what we, we want to say. They don't always like that, but you have to talk honestly about COVID and what's happening, letting them know why are we social distancing, giving them the science, letting them have a little bit of that news. It doesn't need to be all the news that we hear, but helping them to understand why we have to do this, why they're losing this time with their friends, why they're losing these opportunities for the end of the year athletics and, and school dances. Um, if we can help them understand how we're keeping our communities safe and how this is important to do for our community, for our people, for our families, um, it'll be easier for them. And believe me, I want to keep bad news from my kids too. Um, it's much easier when we face it head on and speak honestly and they're teens and tweens. They're ready to, to use their brains in that way. Say it and mean it and follow through. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. 
part of the most important thing of clear communication is mean what you say and do what you mean. So when you tell them no social interactions or no, you have to do, do the social distancing, um, that means always, not just if they come out on Monday and say, can I see my friend today? And you say yes, that is going to be so confusing to them. So tell, say it, mean it, and follow through. You have to be consistent with your communication, not just about COVID, but about all parts. Um, create these things with your kids. Talk to them about them. But if you say it, you have to mean it. Actively listen. So when they are talking, listen. And don't judge and don't fill the space with your own words. Listen to what they have to say. Acknowledge their frustration because they're frustrated and so are we. So acknowledging that and letting them say it and hearing it for real will be helpful. But don't forget to talk about the good things too. I know these days it's easy to focus on the negative space, but try to focus on some of the joyful upcoming things that are going to happen. There's been a lot of conversation about college and what it's like to be a freshman in college in my house um, because I want to focus on the great things that are yet to come and the belief that there are so many great things yet to come. And one of the ways to do that and look ahead is to talk about schedules and the use of time. Now, I know that we talked before in episode two about schedules, but we want to give it a little bit of a different twist and talk to you specifically about the brain science and how to link that to scheduling. One of our favorite doctors of psychology is Dan Siegel, who has some amazing books out there. Among those is a book that talks about the teenage brain. And in that book, he talks about something called a mind plate. And essentially, he talks about like in order to have optimum health, there are certain things that you need to have on your plate in order to be healthy. So we want to take some time to talk about what's on that mental plate. But part of the reason why we want to do that is because we want you to have it as a tool to engage in some actual conversations about scheduling with your teenager. Because a lot of times it's easier to have a conversation when you have some research or some purpose behind it. And so we hope that these seven components that Dr. Siegel talks about will give you all some starting points for conversation about how your teenager might use his or her time and um, really give you an opportunity to lean into that conversation with some purpose and specificity. So here are the seven components that lead to optimal mental health, according to research and according to Dr. Dan Siegel. The first one he talks about is focus time. So focus time is sort of like the school time. It's the time where you're not multitasking. You're working on one project that requires a, a mental or sort of cognitive lift, uh, something that you get to noodle on that kind of grows your brain and makes you think hard about it. Um, that is one of the things on your plate. The other thing is what he calls playtime. That is the time where you're having fun, you're laughing, it's joyful, it's fun. Talk to your teen what that joyful playtime might look like because just because they are teenagers doesn't mean they are no longer in need of play and joy. The next thing he talks about is connected time. And connected time, not just with friends, but also connection to you and connected time as a family. Talk with your teenager about what connections they want to have. When does that time take place? And uh, where do you fit it in the schedule? 
Teenagers also need physical time. Now in episodes four and five, we talked about some ways to move your body, to stay engaged, stay fit and healthy. So refer back to that and think about ways to have that physical movement for your teenager. Because again, that creates um, those endorphins and those positive hormones that the brain needs. Dan Siegel also talks about time in and downtime. Time in is that time of introspection. It is time for your teenager to look inside and maybe journal or just sit quietly and reflect on what is true for them right now. What is the loss they're experiencing? What's the joy they're experiencing? So many teenagers don't, and tweens, teens and tweens, don't take the time to sort of figure out what is true for them and understand their own emotions. Again, um, I know we talked about emotional intelligence before in just our previous episode, but again, give your child some language and some tools to figure out what is true for them on the inside, and then make sure they have this sixth component of downtime, time where they are doing absolutely nothing. Shelly often talks about it's good for kids to be bored. Well, that is true, not just from a parenting perspective, but from a neurological research perspective, having that downtime where the brain has no task, whether you're not on your phone or doing something else, but you're just sort of letting your brain take a pause is really important. And last but not least, your teenager will remind you of this should you forget this one, but it is the importance of sleep. And teenagers need between eight to 10 hours of sleep. So figure that out into your schedule. And we have included the components of the mind plate and a uh, a resource to Dr. Dan Siegel in the comment section as we usually leave some goodies there for you. So check it out, use it to create your schedule and create some clarity. In addition to scheduling, Shelly, I know families are worried about technology. What advice do you have for them? Oh, well, I I have to stop and say, when you were talking about the need for sleep, I have really seen that in my teenager. She wants to sleep all the time. And I I got the funniest email. Well, I don't know if it was funny, but from a a parent asking for some help. And they said, all my teenager wants to do is sleep and be on their phone. That's it. Uh, They're squeezing in school and complaining about it. Um, And I had to chuckle because I feel that same way. It feels like my teen is attached to their phone or they're sleeping. Um, I want to say first and foremost, I feel like I'm attached to my phone and my computer right now too. Every single thing that I'm doing, whether it's connecting with friends or working is on my computer. Is some, it it could be FaceTime or it's a Zoom call or it's computer work. Um, And that's the same for my daughter. This is the way she has to connect to. So even if you're a family that has really strong boundaries about technology use and screen time, which I celebrate wholeheartedly, this may be a time that you have to increase that a little bit. or maybe even a lot. Um, this the, I, We're talking about that social connection being important for teens. It is. And so allowing them to have that digital connection, m- it might mean more screen time. Um, not only that, now school's on screens too. So um, as much as that might annoy us sometimes, um, it is the, the way of the world. But hey, you still have to have boundaries and you still have to have agreements. And you know, back to that communication that we were talking about, 
co-creating those with your teen so that they understand what acceptable is, is important. So lean into that, co-create those boundaries. Uh, We don't have any technology at dinner, no screens, no TV. Um, That seems to be something that we can manage, but hey, there's a lot of technology other times. So what, what does your family need? What works for you? And encourage the digital connection with friends. Encourage your kid to help maybe maybe you, maybe your family, maybe their grandparents. You know, they're the digital savvy folk. I know, you know, in our lives, the teenagers that I know know far more about this digital world than I do. So allow them to lean into that um, and help their grandparents with Zoom. Help, of course, over the phone, socially distanced. Um, but let them be the experts in that because really most of the time they are. Um, so rather than the technology in the digital world being the enemy, we can actually make that our friend in these times of COVID. Um, but that shouldn't be the only thing that we're doing. Think back to the healthy mind plate that we were talking about earlier. Um, you have to have those other things. So helping with meals, have your teen recipe plan and figure out dinners and help you with those meals. Helping with the laundry, the yard work, house projects like gardening, maybe painting a house, cleaning a closet, um, getting things, cleaning things out and getting them ready for donation. Don't donate because they can't accept donations right now because we're all on lockdown, but get a pile ready to donate. Um, And I will never not say read. Read as much as you can. Read together as a family, but have your, if you can, get books in your house or there's lots of rentals um, of books right now for, uh, digitally. Um, get them to read. So there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to do. A lot of it is digital, so we lean into that, but uh, a lot of it is not. So enjoy. And again, we come back to this idea of the importance of connection and the importance of leaning in. Now, I know it's hard, especially with teenagers. You get a lot of the vibe of like, just leave me alone and just want my space. Um, and I've had parents actually reach out to me and ask like, so do I just leave them alone? And again, having some time alone, having that downtime on their mental plate is important, but so is having that connected time. And so the only certain way that you will lose your child is if you don't engage and don't connect. And no, not every conversation is going to be positive, but having a connection and uh, really muddling in the discomfort, there's actually benefit to that. You might remember us saying in previous episodes, the only way out is through. So making it through that. And the reason I'm bringing that up and the reason that is important is because we want you to feel comfortable and confident to lean into uh, having conversations with your kids about schoolwork, especially your teenagers. I know for many of us, we sort of go into one space, the teenager goes to the other space, but there's benefit of actually being in the same room. Now, logistics are a challenge. Both of you probably can't be on Zoom at the same time. But what is great about working in the same space is that one, you get to model what it is like to be a working adult. What are your habits? How do you manage time? What do you do when something doesn't go according to plan? It also gives you an idea of what your child is working on. 
That doesn't mean you need to understand the quadratic equations they're solving or um, what they're doing around symbiosis in biology or anything else. It's just that opportunity to say like, hey, what are you working on? Uh, what's going on? And engaging in that dialogue. We know that research is very clear about the fact that parent engagement is a huge indicator of student success. And it doesn't mean that engaged parents always have great conversations with their kids, but it means they lean in, they engage. Um, the same is true for uh, long-term work success. Parent engagement links to long-term success for students as they grow older and are independent. So don't shy away. Uh, think about opportunities to engage in those conversations. Talk about calendaring together. How are you organizing your calendar to manage the day? Uh, teach your teenager or engage them in conversations about what their calendar looks like uh, and have those little conversations. As you're doing that, we want to remind you to celebrate when you see something positive. And most people think, okay, well, for every negative thing I say, I should say something positive. In the teenage brain, and in most brains actually, what happens is that our brain has a bias towards negativity. And we actually give negative comments seven times more value than positive comments. So keep that in mind as you're redirecting your teenager, as you should and need to, to balance that not just in a one-to-one -one ratio with positive comments, but actually think of having at least seven positive interactions for every one redirection, because that is how the mind captures information. Um, hopefully that gives you some things to do. Remember that the things on your mind plate lead to optimum mental health. So this is sort of what we're aspiring to do. And in the end, we're all human. Give yourself some grace, cut yourself some slack. It is okay to not have all seven components every day. It's okay to not always lean in. Days are busy, you're busy, and your teenager is going through a lot just like you are. So be patient with yourself, but think of these as recommendations. And um, I'm going to hand it over to Shelly for some final words of wisdom for you all. Well, I say it every time, I think, and I will continue to say it. Um, give yourself grace. Try easy. But the stay healthy together. I eat, sleep, and move. And if you can get those three things in a little bit every day, you'll be more prepared to face these challenges, and so will your teen. Eat, sleep, move, and be easy on each other. Um, these are tough times, but try to find the joyful moments. And I have thought this many a time, especially when times are tough. I try to have this mantra in my head that says, but if this wasn't happening, I wouldn't see her like this. I get to see my teenager way more than I used to. She was so busy off doing so many things. Um, and this is a, a moment where I get to see her in, in a whole new way and build a whole new relationship. So, you know, lean into that too, even though it's hard sometimes, I, I encourage us all to try to find the moments of joy, um, even though there's a lot of anxiety um, and fear that comes with it. Please tune in to uh, us on this channel next week. We'll be here. Um, take good care and be well. Be well. Bye, everyone.